0: immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4k picture and sound for every budget with sizes for every room find your perfect phillips roku tv today online or at your local walmart and sam's club this is rush hour with danny burke on End the sports betting network
2: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. The show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. You know me, Danny Danny Burke, your host. And as always, we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook at the Rivers Casino here in Des Plaines, Illinois. A lot of soccer action going on, but a little bit different football to look forward to tonight. Uh, look the jets and colts are playing is it exciting well probably not but of course like we always say that doesn't mean we can't bet on it so we will be talking about my better half to kick things off with those first half betting angles typically the way we start on mondays and thursdays with those primetime games also josh applebaum Will be joining us in 15 minutes. Veasan's betting reporter. He will be giving us the market updates, line movements, etc., involving this game with the Jets and the Colts. Some college football action and beyond with Josh. Again, that's going to be in 15 minutes. After that, how about Dave Ross? We'll be talking football tonight. Also. We'll discuss his Cowboys diehard fan, and his squad is looking pretty good and having a favorable matchup this weekend should bode well for him. We'll see what he thinks about that game and some of his other favorite spots for this upcoming NFL slate, and he may just deliver a UFC fight uh, or a pick for one of the fights this upcoming card as well. So we're looking forward to that in about a half hour with Dave. At the end of the show, you know how we roll. We've got Danny's Dimes, Prop Shelf, some of the bets I'm playing, and some that I would strongly consider for Thursday Night Football. So lots to get to on this Thursday evening. As always, thank you for joining us. You can always follow me on Twitter at danny burke 5 and VEASAN at Live on the tweets. But let's get you squared away with Thursday Night Football, talking about where this line currently resides in Indianapolis. Colts hosting the Jets. Now the early, early opening lines. It's 14 and a half, but then most books kind of established it at about 10 and a half, and right now we're seeing it at 10. So the Colts are a 10-point favorite at home. This total has dipped a tad bit, 46.5 down to 45. Moneyline has Indy minus $5. You're catching 4 bucks if you're betting on the Jets as the underdog. Now, Quentin Nelson still questionable for the Colts in terms of significant injury news. Now we know T.Y. Hilton is going to be out with a concussion uh, Jets-wise, look, George Bant, he is questionable. Their offensive tackle, Tevin Coleman, the running back, is out. Corey Davis, their wide receiver, is also doubtful. So there's a little injuries here or there, but nothing that's probably going to alter your mind too much on whether to bet one team or the other. So the money has been shown a little bit for the Jets here, and... I get it. It's tough to bet on the Jets in any sense, but them catching double digits, heck, maybe they get momentum from Mike White in some kind of capacity, and it's more so I'm not in love with this Colts team. I really like Jonathan Taylor, one of my favorite running backs. They're great against the run, number one in DVOA run defense. But there's just something looming with that concern of Carson Wentz that you're not fully trustworthy with, right? That's what kind of holds you back, or at least what holds me back from going fully in on trusting Carson Wentz, especially as a double-digit favorite, regardless of who the opponent is. So I would lean toward the Jets, but nothing that I'm in love with and actually playing for this full game. But let's take kind of a look at some of those first half betting odds, which we typically do for primetime games. See if there's something that we can really dig out there. It is time for my better half here on Rush Hour, where we go over the spreads and totals and some miscellaneous props for the primetime action game tonight featuring the Jets and the Colts. Let's start with the first half three-way bet. In this scenario, the Jets are plus 265 to be winning outright Heading into the second half. However, if you believe it's going to be the Colts, then you're laying minus 275. And in the first half three-way selection, the tie is implemented. So if you don't bet the tie, and it is knotted up going into the second half, you would lose. But the catch is you get a little bit better value as opposed to doing the tie no-bet, where then the Jets would be just plus 250, and the Colts you're laying actually minus 335. But if it does push, you would get your money back. Regardless, the Colts this season 5-3 5-3 straight up on the first half money line. Jets on the other side, they have not let going into the second half once this season. They are 0-7 on the first half money line. So if for some reason you got confidence in them doing the opposite of that for this game. Well, then you can get upwards to plus 265 at Bet Rivers for them to be winning outright. But uh, I'm not necessarily interested in that. So no thank you in terms of the money line for the first half. But what about the spread now? A little bit more reasonable of a, of a bet. And you can get it at 6.5. You want to lay it with the Colts, minus 106. If you want to take 6 in the hook with the Jets, it is minus 114. Now, like we always do, we like to see how these teams would have done or what the record against the spread would be if we applied this current first-half spread to every single game thus far. So if we had the Colts laying 6.5 in every single game as of this point, they would be 2-6 and six ATS. Not great. However, the Jets catching 6.5, not much better. They would be 2-5 and five against the spread if we apply that to all of their first halves in this season. Jets have an average losing margin in the first half of 12.7 points. Maybe it's different now with Mike White under helm, but look, I, that could just be kind of just catching that fire right away, and who knows if it's going to persist in this primetime game. But 6.5 is where we're seeing the spread. Total points for the first half now. A little bit more intriguing to look at, as I always say. 23.5 is what we're seeing the number posted at. Direction is shaded to the under slightly. Minus 113. The over minus 108. Colts have gone over 23.5 half first half points with their opponent in four games. They've also stayed under it in four games as of this point. The Jets, a majority of their games, have stayed under this. Five out of seven games have the Jets and their respective opponent have been held under 23 and a half points, mostly because the Jets have been not able to produce points themselves. You look at the Jets and what they've been able to do, I mean, they're dead last in first-half offense, averaging just 4.9 first-half points per game. That ranks dead last. Now, the Colts are allowing just 10 first-half points per game, so not too shabby. That's 12th in the NFL. Offensively, the Colts are putting up 10.4 first-half points per game. Bottom tier, that's 20th but the Jets are also dead last in first-half defense, guys. I mean, they're allowing 17.6 first-half points per game, and they're only scoring about five themselves. So I can see the argument for why you would want to go with Indy here. I don't like laying high spreads in the first half, but I completely get it if that's the direction you want to go. And honestly, I think you got to lean under here 23-and-a-half because that's the thing. Can the Jets get you there? Look, if the Colts put up, You know, two touchdowns and then a field goal, so be it. But are the Jets going to be able to do enough? I mean, less than five points per game in the first half, that is atrocious. And I know every game is different, but nothing that gives you any confidence whatsoever to think the Jets can't produce enough for it to be worth the bet going to the over. So the total points in the first half, I would have to lean under 23.5. Now as we gravitate toward the individual totals, the Colts is at 14 and a half. However, it is shaded to the under, minus 127. The over is minus 103. The Colts have actually only scored more than 14 points in the first half just one time. Every other game they have stayed under, right? They're only averaging 10.4 first half points per game. That ranks 20th bottom tier in the league. But the Jets have allowed their opponents over 14 and a half first half points in five out of seven games. Carolina got 16, heck even the Broncos got 17, New England got 31, the Falcons got 20 in this past week, the Bengals put up 17 points. So what is going to happen? Is the Jets defense going to be just brutal once again and can the Colts take advantage of it? You would think yes, but if the Colts strategy is probably going to be, hey, you know, let's take our time. We have the advantage here, especially with the ground game, then I don't necessarily foresee them getting three touchdowns in this game and running really quick to get 17 points unless there's just huge breakthroughs. But maybe they come out of the gates passing, but I don't think they need to really. They got a stud in Jonathan Taylor who can carry the workload and the tempo for this team. But 14 and a half is that number right now for Indy, shaded to the under. Whereas for the Jets, 7.5 is the number for total points in the first half. Now, they've only gone over this mark one time themselves. They've stayed under every other time. The only time they went over is when new QB Mike White was implemented for the full game, and they got 14 points in that first half last week. Again, they're only averaging 4.9 first half points per game, but the Colts are allowing opponents to get 10 points in the first half. Do you think the Jets can do it? If you do... The over is minus 108, and the Colts have allowed 5 out of 8 of their opponents to score more than 7 points in the first half. Nothing I really like there, but I think if you're looking at your top play, total points in the first half under 23 and a half might be at the top of that list because I just am not fully there with the Jets. I don't really have faith in them to do it right out of the gates, and it's not like this Colts has a prolific offense despite the inability to be solid on the defensive front for the Jets. So I would probably bank on this being an uglier, lower-scoring game out of the gates. But what about the full scheme of things? Let's look at the full game total then. The Colts' number is at 28.5 for all four quarters, or even if it goes into overtime. But the Colts have only eclipsed this mark in three out of eight games. But it's been the last three games. 31 versus Houston, 30 at San Francisco, and 31 versus Tennessee. Jets, however, have only allowed two opponents to score more than 28 points. 54. The Patriots were able to drop and then last week 31 versus Cincinnati would gravitate a little bit toward the under in that spot for the Colts. As for the Jets, their full game total is 16 and a half shaded to the over. Jets have gone over this mark 3 times. Last week got 34 versus the Bengals, also got 20 versus Atlanta, 27 versus Tennessee. Here's the catch, Colts have allowed all their opponents except for one being Houston, who scored three, to get over 16.5. So you can understand why it's shaded to the over, and that's probably the side I would lean toward. Now, I like giving out some of these anytime touchdown scoring bets, so before we end this segment, I wanted to toss this one out too. How about Mo Alley-Cox plus 285 anytime touchdown? He's been a popular threat in the red zone for this Colts team. He's got four receiving touchdowns this season. At the top of the list behind Michael Pittman. And you look at what the Jets have allowed tight ends to do. They're allowing opposing tight ends on average. Six catches for 66 receiving yards per game. And the Jets have also allowed three touchdowns to tight ends in the past three games. So if you're looking for an anytime touchdown score, it's not the biggest payout. But Mo Alley-Cox could be a viable option at plus 285. All right, that's how we're kicking things off, looking forward to Thursday night football here on Rush Hour. We're going to keep it rolling with that, talking about some of the biggest line movements, not only for this game tonight, but some college football and other NFL as well. Guess who's helping us out? The man himself, Josh Applebaum, Beacons Betting Reporter, joining us next.
4: zigazoo the world's largest social network for kids (laughs) download the zigazoo app today
0: from football playoffs to basketball madness
2: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered because BetRivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. You've got the Chicago City Cast, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and now the New York City Cast with Will Hill as your host. So go ahead and subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts made available. Five episodes a week local sports betting content. It's time for more sports betting content here on Rush Hour. Welcome back in. I'm Danny Burke, your host. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and it's time to bring in VEASAN's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum, ladies and gentlemen, at Josh underscore insights, host of the Market Insights podcast and contributes daily to that daily newsletter, vsin.com slash subscribe. He gives you all the biggest line movements, trends, systems, all that good stuff on a daily basis. So, Josh, appreciate you coming on, as always, my man. All right, Thursday night football. Colts, Jets, not the prettiest, as I always like to say, but maybe a good betting opportunity. And, hey, you focus on those line movements, and it seems like there's been a tad bit of it toward the Jets from 10.5 down to 10 at Bet Rivers. As for the total, we're seeing it settled at about 45 right now.
3: You're exactly right, Danny. And once again, thanks for having me on. And by the way, Danny, uh, you know, we got baseball over with, you know, my socks, your your cubbies couldn't get it done, but we got college hoops uh, starting next week. So next time we're on, on a Thursday night, we'll talk some college hoops. Yes, Can't sir. wait for that. Uh, but yeah, Danny, looking at tonight's game, uh, you know, what really jumped out to me is this was kind of a line freeze all week. So what do I mean by that? It means really the line didn't move at all. You have the Colts opening minus 10 and a half, pretty much stayed 10 and a half. And then really today... If you're looking at playing a dog system which by the way, you know, a lot of matches here with the Jets, uh road uh, dogs in general this year, 68 and 53 against the spread 56%, road dogs 43 and 28 against the spread 61%, conference dogs 52 and 32 ATS 62%, then the big one, the big one that uh, has become pretty much an auto bet for me, Danny every primetime game, primetime dogs Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, these standalone games that get a ton of attention, a huge betting handle, and a lot of bias from the public toward really home teams and favorites. Well, guess what? These primetime dogs, 17-7 against the spread, 71% overall. So going into this, Danny, I was saying, hey, Jets, just from a dog perspective of what's been cashing this year in the NFL, specifically that primetime dog element, uh, all matching with New York. But really today, I think you, you saw a line move, and it was only a half point, but it was around a key number and a hook. And it was really important to see this line fall toward the Jets because minus 10 and a half all week. We come into today, still 10 and a half. And then we start started to see some juice trickle toward the Jets. And now it's down to 10. So I'm looking across the board, Danny. I think pretty much everybody's at 10 now. But really, I think when you had the Jets at plus 10 and a half, getting the hook with all these primetime systems, that was really the play for me. I jumped on the hook with the Jets. Uh, you know, again, I would go Jets or nothing here. You wanted the hook with a 10 and a half. But also kind of a bad ATS versus good ATS play. This is something I always look at. But when you're a team that doesn't cover a lot, the Jets are two and five against the spread versus a Colts team uh, that's five and three ATS. Public will just want to ride the team that covers, but against the team that doesn't. But if you flip it and actually buy low on these teams that don't cover against teams that do, you can often get you know inflated numbers and shaded numbers and kind of get better value. So. Long story short, Danny, I think if you're you're on the Jets tonight, you really wanted to jump on the 10.5 early. It's down to 10, but still at that number, uh, I'd go Jets or nothing here.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, as as ugly as it seems to want to trust the Jets any year that it is, I think (laughs) it's kind of ugly right now to want to lay double digits with Carson Wentz. So I lean with you. would only be taking the points with the Jets or nothing. So we'll look forward to that and be rooting for that one to come in with you tonight in Thursday Night Football. But look, Josh, we also got some other Thursday Night Football collegiately. We got Georgia State and Louisiana Lafayette taking it on. Tonight, and Louisiana is the home team here, laying 13 in the hook. And this total at 53-and-a-half, what have you been seeing in this game? And I think it's very important, and I love that you bring up these college football games because especially when there's NFL on, a lot of people will kind of forget about this. But I'm sure it's even better betting college football on these certain nights because you can just really have more of an advantage. Is that what you would, you know, would that fall into your line of thinking in terms of college football on a night like tonight, Josh?
3: Absolutely, Danny. And, yeah, you get these standalone games, and, yeah, I know we got NBA back and we got NHL. Danny, you and I still sweat NHL. It may not be the most popular (laughs) sport, but we love getting ice hockey bets in. But, uh, yeah, you're totally right. You know, a lot of uh, attention is paid to these games that – unlike a saturday when you got you know 100 games on the board you only got a couple so even if even though you may not regularly you know know anything about louisiana or georgia state as a better as a, as the betting public looks at this they say it's thirsty thursday weekends right in front of us let's get down on some of these games so the whole point being the public bets these games that they don't know a lot about so therefore i think there can be a lot of value uh, especially in terms of you know big line moves and and really looking at louisiana danny from start to finish they've been getting hammered here at at draftkings 82% of bets are on Louisiana, but it accounts for 90% of the money. So even though it's kind of a quote-unquote public play to Louisiana, I don't think it's just public. You're getting a lot of big money on Louisiana. And really, this thing opened at minus 11. I wrote about this one in the VEASAN newsletter last night, uh, vison.com slash newsletter. But minus 11 up to minus 12. I'm saying, okay, move here to uh, to Louisiana. Then you look at today, it shoots up even further, all the way to 135 half. I think if we get to 14, just on principle, you're going to get some Georgia State buyback at plus 14. But, Danny, if you can still get anything Louisiana under the key number of 14, I would lay it with Louisiana here. Not only that Pro vs. Joe matchup, but really looking at the way these teams have trended. You know, uh, Louisiana is averaging 32 points a game, only 24 for Georgia State. Louisiana is only given up 19 a game, and Georgia State is allowing 30. So, I know it's a public play. It gives me heartburn to be on the you know kind of the side that everyone drunk at the bar is on here, Danny. But... Uh, whenever, t- whenever I see a big line move with zero buyback, sometimes that indicates that even though the line has gotten worse, pros kind of still like it. So I'd lay the points of Louisiana, anything under 14.
2: Yeah. And you still get it under 14 right now. So Louisiana minus 13 and a half at bet rivers. If you still want to jump on that with Josh and all the drunk guys at the bar, Hey, like he said, I mean, <laughs> the public's not it, but you're still getting some of that. Sometimes they fun, win so. Danny. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They got to they got to keep them coming. That's right. So, uh, Hey Josh, look, let's go back to the NFL and this game is just fascinating because we always wonder how much a player, especially a star player, is worth to the spread. And it looks like Aaron Rodgers is pretty much a touchdown value here because this one was virtually a pick Then the news of him being out with COVID. Now it's up to 7.5. Jordan Love going to be implemented for the Cheeseheads. Now the Chiefs finally getting a win against the Giants. They're laying 7 in the hook at home. This total is 48. There's a part of me that says, okay, great teaser opportunity for the Chiefs. There's another part of me that goes, look, we don't know much about Jordan Love, but what we do know is that this Chiefs defense is terrible, so maybe he can at least torch him and keep it close. How do you think this one goes down in KC?
3: Yeah, this one has really been fascinating, Danny, just in terms of the way the line has has really gone back and forth and then huge toward Kansas City. And, And you're totally right. You know, betting on sports, you always wonder, you know, how much is a starting pitcher worth? How much is a starting goaltender worth? How much is a, uh, you know, a big NBA star worth? And we, anytime in baseball, you know, a pitcher gets scratched, we see the line go off the board, it can really, really move. So we see with a quarterback here, uh, again, as you mentioned, Danny, probably like 6.7 points for uh, for Aaron Rodgers here. But what's what's kind of intriguing to me is I really like Green Bay plus three early. They have a really good rest advantage. They last played Thursday night. Kansas City's on a short week. Uh, also, have a lot of road dog matches. You know, road dogs plus three or less have been great this year, around sixty-five percent. Uh, and then it gets down all the way to a pick'em, and I'm like, okay, uh, you know, uh, t- tons of money here coming in Green Bay. Then, of course, all the Aaron Rodgers news that he's going to miss this game and maybe the next game because of COVID. It shoots up all the way to seven and a half. Danny, I like buying low on these big moves because I sometimes think there can be overreaction. So I like Green Bay quite a bit at plus seven and a half. I think what's important here is a lot of these plus seven and a halves. I really juiced up on the Green Bay side, plus 7.5, minus 115. That tells me that it may end up falling back down to 7, at which point, kind of like this Jets game tonight, you want the hook. If Green Bay loses by 7, you want to cover with the 7.5. But you're going to get Devontae Adams back. Just uh, found out that he was cleared for this game. And just like you said, Danny, I don't trust this Kansas City defense. Do we know what we're going to get from Jordan Love? Not really. But it's almost like that uh, Cowboys game at the Vikings, remember the Cowboys were like minus 2.5. And then uh, Dak is out. Cooper rushes in. It flips all the way to Vikings minus four and a half. If you had bought low on Dallas at four and a half, you end up covering and winning that and winning that game. Obviously, so I like it. Anytime you see a huge move to buy on the bad news, support this this dog play toward Green Bay. Uh, I can see love, you know, keeping them within a touchdown, and I think getting the seven and a half now could be worthwhile because it may get back down to seven.
2: And look, hey, Jordan Love may not even need to put that much weight on his shoulders when you got a guy like Aaron Jones who can torch up this Kansas City defense. Not only are they bad, but they're bad both against the pass and the run. So expect a lot of production out of Aaron Jones and a chance for Jordan Love to prove himself. So I'm kind of with you there, Josh. I would probably take the points before laying it for sure with Kansas City. And same thing tonight with the Jets taking on the Colts. And as always, Josh, we appreciate you giving us some of your time, and we'll look forward to more content in the newsletter and your Market Insights podcast, my friend.
3: I appreciate it, Danny. And hey, I'll leave your listeners and viewers with this. If you're betting NBA, unders, unders, unders. They're 8-3 and three last night, 73-45 and 45 on the year, 62%. You'd be up 25 units, sweating these unders. So we all are rooting for points, Danny. But the NBA cracking out on these abnormal basketball moves, leading to fewer uh, free throws. And free, free throws at an all-time low. Seeing a lot of these low-scoring games. So if you're betting NBA, think about maybe some unders here and there.
2: Great note, Josh Applebaum, ladies and gentlemen, of course, on Twitter at Josh underscore insights. And like I said, subscribe to V-S-I-N dot com slash subscribe. You get his tidbits in the daily newsletter. You also get access to the V-S-I-N market insights podcast he tells you more about those trends systems and what's been hitting, and where the lines have been moving toward coming up next we're getting another fellow v host here and that's dave ross we'll talk a little bit of football we'll maybe even talk some ufc stick around he's coming on next
1: this is rush hour on v the sports betting network
2: The VEASAN midseason Football Special is here, and for only $99, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now till the end of the NFL playoffs. You get daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus you get in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com and the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. This is a fantastic deal at only $99, and it's for the rest of the football season. So sign up now at com slash subscribe. That's com slash subscribe. Okay, welcome back into Rush Hour right here on Vsin the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we are live here in the Windy City at the Bet River Sportsbook. And a man who used to be in the same spot I am, but now is enjoying sunny Las Vegas, Dave Ross, ladies and gentlemen. Vsin host, he does it all at NFL, college, baseball, and UFC. So be sure to check out his program, First Strike. Big card to look forward to. We'll try to squeeze a pick out of him for this weekend. But, Dave, first, got to talk about this Thursday night football game. I'm looking at your Twitter and your quote tweet and a recent tweet with the (laughs) gif of Mike White here, and you're saying, how in the world could you bet against him tonight? So what's making you love the Jets with this 10-point or 10-and-a-half, wherever you got it, spread against the Colts this evening?
1: Because I think the Jets, Danny, are playing the better quarterback. I I think Zach Wilson, obviously, in time, will prove to be Zach Wilson, worthy of being the number two pick overall. But you could see... He was pressing, he was struggling, and you never want an injury. But it's probably the best time for the Jets and for Zach Wilson for the kid to kind of watch. And now when he watches Mike White go out there, supremely confident with absolutely nothing to lose because there's no expectations for him. I think the Jets right now have the more confident quarterback here. And let's be honest, Indianapolis gave away that game, I thought, to Tennessee last week when they had that 14-0 lead and then couldn't get it done in overtime. And so I look at it as a hangover effect coming off that short week. When they had that loss on Sunday in a game, I think they thought they should, have, they should have won. This is way too many points for me for the 10 points in Indianapolis and Langan. I know it's at home. I know it's the first primetime game and seemingly forever. But to me, on the short week, that benefits the team that's more confident versus the team that might be hanging their heads a little bit. I'm going to take the 10. I got to tell you, too, in the last 8 games the Jets have played their 4 and 0 to the over and the Colts are 4 and 1 to the over in their last 5 I kind of think this number on the on the total is a little bit too small as well so I kind of like the Jets and I like the over as well in this ball game
2: And, hey, if we get an outright win by the Jets, Dave is getting his Mike White jersey shipped out to him. So you can take that to the bank. Taking the points with the Jets. Uh, I agree with you, though. I would lean toward taking the points. I think it's a little bit too much for Carson Wentz and company to be laying in this spot. So I'll be rooting on that for you. Uh, Dave, another game that I'll probably be rooting. Well, I know I'm going to be rooting for the same spot as you. It's your Cowboys this week, taking on the Broncos. This line going up and up and up because Dak Prescott is going to be playing. I teased it down when it was at 8.5, also did it when it was at 9.5. And and finally, Dave, it's up to 10 now at Bet Rivers in favor of Dallas. This total, 49.5. Did the Cowboys cruise or can Denver keep it close? You
1: know, Danny, I really didn't like this number when it came out at the beginning of the week. But the more and more that I think about it, the more and more I really break it down. And I, I look at the Cowboys from the ATS perspective, obviously the only undefeated team against the spread. There's only two games I haven't backed the Cowboys this year. I laid off two spots. I laid off against the Giants and Danny Dimes when they came to town because Danny Dimes and the G-Men on the road are really good to play. And we saw what happened in the second half. Once Danny Dimes went out of that game, the Cowboys easily covered. And I didn't play the Cowboys against Carolina earlier this year because Carolina was the hot team three and coming in so I laid off that And the Cowboys easily covered that number. So every time I start to doubt the Cowboys just a little bit they prove to me I have no reason to doubt. Denver comes in Von Miller we know they just traded him away. Teddy two gloves was a cover machine early on not so much anymore. Dak Prescott back. They can't stop this offense Michael Gallup coming back. whale Collins coming back here to play right tackle to me it's all systems go for the Cowboys until they prove otherwise. I'm going to keep weighing the numbers, and I don't think right now Vegas is adequately adapted for just how good this Cowboy team is. They're balanced on both sides of the football.
2: Okay, so we're riding with Dallas this weekend. We'll be sweating that one out together. Dave, I am absolutely so curious about your thoughts here with the team you used to cover very closely, and that's the Bears. Look, we got Monday Night Football. They're on the road against the Steelers, and Pittsburgh's laying six. This total naturally is short one. It's at 40. It's who do you trust more because, yeah, Pittsburgh probably gets the win because the Bears will find a way to kind of shoot themselves in the foot. But can you justify laying six with the statue that is Big Ben in this game? It feels like it's too many, doesn't it? It really does when you look at it from the naked eye. But I backed
1: the Bears last week, and I got burned in that second half against the 49ers. (laughs) And, and, And I kept looking at that second half against Jimmy G and the Niners who hadn't done anything offensively. And it kind of feels like the same thing here, right? Like Big Ben, you don't think anything anymore in that Steeler offense. But talking to Brian McFadden, former two-time Super Bowl champion, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who can be very critical of his own team, he says they're finally getting that offensive line going to get Najee Harris going a little bit. Look, I don't like the play here, so I'm with it in a tease scenario. I'd probably tease that Steeler line down to zero and find another dance partner because I don't like this number at six, but there's no way I'm going to back the Bears and take the six in this spot.
2: Yeah, that's probably the best route, especially if you're looking to the side of Pittsburgh. Just tease them down and, like you said, find a partner for that scenario. Because, look, the Bears are going to find a way to make it ugly. That's what they typically do. Um, look, Dave, this this next game is just having so many outside variables. It seems impossible to handicap, but I need to get your thoughts on it. Because I really haven't talked about it with anyone, so I'm just very interested to see what you got to say The Giants, they're dealing, obviously, with a lot of COVID issues. We know everything Mm -hmm. that's been brutal going on with the Raiders leading up to this game. Las Vegas, a three-point favorite, this total at 46-and-a-half. How in the world do you handicap this game?
1: It's really tough. And, Danny, this was a game that I said stay away from initially. But then I do go back to the John Gruden fiasco. And what happened the next week, they went out to Denver and they galvanized that football team around an interim head coach and they decided they got to win for themselves. And it's going to be a brutal week to deal with. And I'm sure it has been. We heard Derek Carr in his comments about his now former teammate, Henry Ruggs. I really like the Raiders in this spot. But it's more so because the Giants are a terrible team with Danny Dimes at home ATS. You mentioned the COVID outbreak there. I don't know that it's going to affect the Giants on the playing field and who's going to play. But it affects them practicing this week. And there's one thing that team needs. It's more practice. I could only back the Raiders. I know it sounds crazy in this spot on the road. But much like that Denver situation, it's probably better that they're outside of Las Vegas for this one, just like they were after John Gruden. I think they're going to be galvanized. I think Derek Carr is the true leader of that football team. It's a game they think they need to win if they're going to be a real player in the AFC West. While it's still at three, I would back the Raiders in this spot.
2: All right, Dave, really quick, one more football game, then we'll squeeze some UFC in. Why are the Chargers only a a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against the Eagles this week?
1: I have no idea because I look at this thing and my eyes light up and I go, wait, have you noticed that the Eagles just don't beat anybody in the AFC West? 0-7 straight up against the West. They just don't play well. We saw what happened. They came out here, take on the Raiders a couple weeks ago. To me, this is a way up here if we believe that Brandon Staley gets his team prepared to play. Now, they weren't prepared to play when they did the West Coast to East Coast thing a couple weeks ago against the Ravens. But guess what, this just in, the Ravens aren't the Eagles. So to me, while it stays at two or one and a half pound on the Chargers, I still believe this is a football team capable of being a real player in the AFC West. This is the type of game that they have to get right. Then you look between the numbers last week against the Lions, Jalen Hurts still was not spectacular. He didn't have to be because the Lions are the Lions. He's going to have to play great to beat the Chargers this week against Justin Herbert, and I just don't see that happening.
2: All right, Dave, finally 90 seconds. UFC 268, big card out on the East Coast. What is your top play you're looking forward to for that event?
1: Okay, a couple plays that I really like here, and I didn't think I'd like them at the beginning of the week. I love Justin Gaethje. If you don't like Justin Gaethje, you don't love combat sports but I don't love the number. Michael Chandler at almost plus 200 against Justin Gaethje against the highlight. I will never admit it to Justin personally, but I would have to back Michael Chandler in this spot. And I'm telling you, Colby Covington right now, a huge underdog against Kamaru Usman. My goodness, did you watch the first fight? It was razor thin until the fifth and final round. I actually think this will go five rounds again, but this time they finish it. And I think Colby Covington could be an new on Saturday night.
2: Ooh, got to love it, Dave. And Dave, are you doing another edition of First Strike to get more analysis on this card?
1: You better believe it. Tomorrow we've got you covered right here on VEASAN First Strike. Uh, We've got our normal cast of characters going to join us as well, breaking down everything, uh, analytics, and also what our eyes tell us. So the best betting angles you can get in the UFC, First Strike, every Friday, right here on VEASAN.
2: You heard him right here. Dave Ross, ladies and gentlemen, at DRoss Sports on Twitter. Again, first strike. And not only that, you can catch him hosting betting across America with Wes on Saturdays, the Green Zone on Sundays. and get Dave this whole weekend, baby. What more could you want? com slash subscribe. Dave, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure. Best luck with all your plays this weekend. Anytime,
1: Danny. Hold it down there in Chicago. I know it's getting ready to get cold out there.
2: You got it. Time to bundle up. Dave is enjoying that sunshine out in the West Coast. Could not be any more envious of him, but I'm glad he's enjoying it out there and holding the fourth down as I am trying to do here in the Windy City. And what we'll try to do next here on Rush Hour is give you some good plays for Thursday night football. That means it's time for Danny's Dimes and Prop Shelf. So not only some of my best bets, but just some other plays worth some consideration going into Thursday night football with the Jets and the Colts. Stick around. You're not going to want to miss it is Rush Hour right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
0: As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds,
3: it was shocking.
0: I have to know, what were they thinking?
2: Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They've been offering their same-game parlays in all-pro football matchups, and they've brought back their Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. This NFL season, they also have their $1 million Beat the Spread Challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Rivers. Download the app or go to betrivers.com to bet. Offers valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. one AAA 532 3500 in Virginia. and Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Alrighty, folks, it is that time. Final segment on a Thursday evening here on Rush Hour, also on and the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host. Final segment. So it is time for Danny's Dimes, where we go over my best bets for tonight and in some cases beyond that. But specifically, we are narrowing it down to our plays for tonight with Thursday Night Football, Jets and Colts, baby. Let's get into it with some props that I am playing, starting with one of my favorite tailbacks in the league, Jonathan Taylor. He has a running back, but I'm not betting on him running the ball per se. I'm looking what he can do in the passing game. Receiving yards prop, 16.5 over under minus 115 each way. This number seems to be trending up a little bit, so personally... In terms of where I would play it up to, if it's as high as 19 and a half, I would still play it over. But if you're hitting that 20 range, would probably be a little bit hesitant, but up to 19 and a half would still play it. Because at this point, Jonathan Taylor, look, it's a little skewed, but he is averaging 33 receiving yards per game. Because it's skewed, he's only gone over this mark in just three games. And he's only getting about two and a half catches on three targets per game. But here's where the catch is. They're playing the Jets, and where the Jets slack, yes, pretty much everywhere, but specifically is defending running backs in the passing game. Opposing tailbacks against the Jets in the air, on average, 8.3 receptions, 79 receiving yards to running backs per game. Now I get it that... A lot of times, you know, Naheem Hines gets some of the love in the passing game. And I would also flirt a little bit with his receiving yards prop of about 11.5 or 12.5 as well. But Jonathan Taylor is the guy you see in the most reps. Jonathan Taylor is the guy you can rely on to be a playmaker. And he can take advantage of this team. So consider and look at. I mean, I'm betting it, so... I think you should highly consider Jonathan Taylor over his receiving yards mark. 16 and a half where I got it. I think it's probably about 17 and a half consensus maybe now. Would play it all the way up to 19 and a half because I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be involved in that check down scenario. I mean, it's an easy option for Wentz, right? Don't force the turnovers. Don't do anything deep. Just give it to your playmaker, Jonathan Taylor, and let him create the magic. So Taylor over his receiving yards for a prop on the side of the Colts. Stick with the running backs. But let's go on the jet side of things now. Let's talk about Michael Carter and what he's been able to do these past couple of games. I'm also looking at what he can do in the passing game. Receiving yards for Michael Carter, 38 and a half over is minus 117. That's what I'm playing here with Carter, who is averaging 32 receiving yards per game, and he's only gone over this mark twice. But why am I betting it? Well, because the two games. When Mike White has been quarterback, obviously the last two, he has not only gone over this, he has soared over this, okay? Against New England, had eight catches on nine targets, 67 receiving yards. Then last week against Cincinnati, the dude racks up nine catches on 14 targets. Is that something you want if you're a Jets fan? No. But is that something we want if we're betting Michael Carter over his receiving yards? You bet it is. He got 95 receiving yards versus Cincinnati, 67 versus New England. Look, the Colts, they're great against the run. What they're not great against is the passing game. First and run DVOA defense, 20th and pass DVOA defense and looking at Michael Carter if they can't get anything downfield especially because they're missing Corey Davis most likely going to be doubtful in this game they're going to have to find success somewhere else in the passing game and it's going to come from those dump offs those check downs to Michael Carter look for him over 38 and a half receiving yards this evening And then also with Michael Carter, we're coinciding that with his receptions. Like I just said, he got eight receptions on nine targets two weeks ago against the Patriots. Nine catches on 14 targets this last week against Cincinnati. His receptions number is four and a half, and you were getting plus money earlier in the day. Now that's obviously shifting a little bit, but the number's still at four and a half, and I think you should play this over. Overall, he's averaging about four catches on over five targets per game, but the two times he's gone over... Coincidentally, happen to be the two times Mike White has been his quarterback. Now, the Colts have done pretty well against running backs in the passing game. On average, allowing them just about four receptions on 33 receiving yards per game. Throw it out the window for this game. This is a different environment. This is a different situation with Mike White as your quarterback. For whatever reason, is taking a liking into Michael Carter, and that's what we're going to be doing tonight. So Michael Carter over 38.5 receiving yards and also over 4.5 receptions the tailback for the Jets. And then the other one we did, Jonathan Taylor, over 16.5 receiving yards, would play that up to 19.5 against his Jets defense that has just, for whatever reason, completely struggled against the tailbacks in the passing game. So there's a, those are the official plays I'm rolling with tonight. But I did just want to throw out some other props to consider for this evening. Michael Pittman Jr., obviously he's going to be a popular play in this game, and that's why ultimately I'm not going to play it along with the fact that maybe the Colts get out to a big enough lead where they could just run the ball more. But Michael Pittman Jr. has been a stud these past couple of games, so his odds are going to be a little bit skewed, especially going against the Jets. But he is averaging 74 receiving yards per game. He's gone over his prop mark of 67.5 receiving yards in five out of eight games, on average getting about eight targets, catching just over five and a half of them. So, yeah, Pittman probably has a really good shot at getting over this mark. Uh, Some of the lead receivers that have faced the Jets, DJ Moore got 80, Tim Patrick of the Broncos got 98, Kyle Pitts for the Falcons got 119, T. Higgins got 97, Tyler Boyd got 69 with the Bengals. The only two teams that didn't have a lead receiver go over it was the Titans, who don't pass, and the Patriots in Week 2, who didn't need to pass because they were running the ball and dominating in that game. So if you are looking for something with Pittman, you want to get involved in that kind of receiving, betting angle, him over receiving yards, 67.5 could be a good bet. If it's getting upwards into the 70s, just stay away from it. Don't bet it at that point because it is going to be a little bit skewed. That's at least my opinion and how I would handicap it. Uh, let's talk about the aforementioned Mike White, though. Is there anything worth the play with Mike White this evening? I was very close to doing it, but you know, I kind of learned my lesson betting on Danny Dimes last week. And now Let's just call him Daniel Jones because he doesn't deserve to be Danny Dimes. Not saying I do necessarily for this segment, but the point is Daniel Jones is a lower-tier quarterback. We don't know what Mike White is right now, so I don't want to trust putting money on him. But I'm curious to see what those props were going to be. And his passing yards is at 255.5. And look, he had 405 passing yards versus Cincinnati last week, a defense that was getting some credit. Uh, Had 202 passing yards the week prior when he came in for Wilson at the start of the second quarter against New England, so take that into account as you wish. But the Colts are allowing about 257 passing yards per game. They rank 20th in DVOA pass defense, and like I said, they're first against the run. So maybe they will have to pass more because of that, and because inevitably they'll probably be trailing. Only three quarterbacks that have faced the Colts have actually gone over this, though. Uh, Tannehill had 265, Lamar Jackson, believe it or not, if you remember, had 442, and then Matt Stafford had 278. But I don't love the passing yards as much as I would consider his attempts or completions. His attempts is at 36 and a half, and that is shaded to the over against New England. Completed 20 passes on 32 attempts, but again, didn't play the full game. Against Cincinnati, in that thrilling game that it was, he went 37 of 45. Absolutely incredible. 45 pass attempts, completed 37 of them. The Colts, though, are only getting thrown out about 32 times per game. That's because most of the games they've been in, you also have to consider the teams haven't needed to throw as much. Only two quarterbacks have thrown more than 36 and a half pass attempts. Davis Mills, when the Texans were getting pummeled on, through 43 times. And Lamar Jackson threw 43 times when that game was coming down to the wire. Consider Mike White over 36-and-a-half pass attempts if you believe that the Colts' run defense will show up and the Jets will be trailing. And then also that kind of coincides with his completions, 22-and-a-half. Again, had 20 at New England, didn't play the full game, but then had 37 for Cincinnati. Doesn't mean he's going to get 30 or upwards against his Colts team, but still something that could give you a good groundwork to go from. Uh, Opponents completing right at this prop mark. 22 and a half completions per game versus the Colts. Again, only three quarterbacks have gone over this mark versus Indy. Tannehill had 23. Davis Mills had 29. Lamar Jackson had 37. I would lean over his pass completions probably the most. But again, you're trusting Mike White in what, his second and a half game, I guess? I mean, it's a little bit more than that, virtually his third. But you get my point. I would look over, but not fully there. We got to see how the kid plays under the spotlight on the road against the colts so those are some props to consider but overall once again to recap the plays we are going with tonight jonathan taylor over 16 and a half receiving yards michael carter over 38 and a half receiving yards and also michael carter over four and a half receptions. Expecting big receiving numbers from these tailbacks, something you don't normally see, but we're hoping for that tonight, folks. As always, big thanks to everybody for joining us tonight. Best of luck with all your wagers. We'll look forward for more bets heading into the weekend tomorrow right here on Rush Hour. Take care.
0: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.